So I'm gonna um tell you about uh, Shirime. Do you uh-huh. know what a Shirime is? No. Uh, it's a Japanese yokai, which is um. What is a yokai? It's like a monster, like a ghost or spirit. Wow. Um. Yeah. Um. But I'm gonna paint a picture for you, right? Uh-huh. All right. So you're you're um a Japanese schoolboy. You're walking home from school one night, and you see a strange figure ahead of you. And he's in a he's in a big coat, right? A hat, <laughs> long hair. You know, he's in front of you, and you're getting closer. And then he turns to you. And you see he doesn't have a face at all. And you're stunned, right? Because you're like, oh shit, this this guy doesn't have a face. Mm-hmm. And then he takes off his hat. And he takes off his coat to reveal he's naked. <gasps> he turns to you, mounts the ground, re- putting his butt up into your face. And it's just an eyeball where his butthole should be. <laughs> and that's a shirime. <laughs> uh okay it's a mischief it's a mischief yokai it doesn't even do anything bad like you just pass out and wake up like it doesn't kill you it doesn't hurt you it just thinks it's amusing is this a real thing i mean if you believe in yokais it is oh okay so you didn't it's like it's like the japanese equivalent of like you know like bigfoot you know like we have our like cryptids and stuff yeah it's kind of like that okay Except ours are just fucking stupid. And it's just like, what if a goat had the body of a hawk and the legs of a horse and the arms of a frog? Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty much all American cryptids are. All all our cryptids are really lame. It's like, even Bigfoot is like really lame. It's like really, that's all I could come up with is like a walking ape. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Just, oh, what if it's like a gorilla that's like a bit more human? (laughs) <laughs> there there's one where it's um like basically the idea of like um if there's like a mass like group of casualties whether it's like war or something and their bodies aren't put to rest they form a giant skeleton that just destroys everything in its path until like all like the anger is like fulfilled oh and the shit can rest yeah it's fucking awesome that's really badass <laughs> so the, the reason i brought up yokais is because we watched um the japanese film meatball machine so i guess that's my segue into into the movie uh but welcome to the <laughs> that was really bad <laughs> welcome to <laughs> shut up <laughs> welcome to the guts and ghouls podcast i'm dax and i'm brad <laughs> and uh, this episode, we're doing our bloody backlog, where we basically just pick random horror movies that we uh, haven't seen yet, have heard about, wanted to see, and just basically getting through our backlog of horror movies. And mm-hmm. this episode, I picked one that I've been wanting to watch for a very long time, which is Meatball Machine from 2005, directed by Yudai Yamaguchi, if I pronounce that right. Uh, and... I'm a big fan of this genre, as you know, Brad. I uh, I, I love I love uh, grindhouse movies, no matter what nationality they are. Mm-hmm. And I like Japanese ho- uh, horror movies. I almost said horny movies, which is also what this movie is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like Japanese horror movies, and I feel like th- when the two mix, 
it's just great mm-hmm. uh and i love you know i love practical effects um and these movies always use that like probably 90 percent of the budget is just on like costumes and gore effects yeah i was gonna say i give major props to this movie because there's like barely any visual effects in it like it's all yeah well done, I, mostly practical and in camera and normally like with these movies there is like a little bit and it and it's kind of like intentional like it's intentionally kind of made to look cheesy but this one really doesn't i think at all other than maybe when someone's shooting like a giant laser yeah or something like basically like if you have to use practical effects yeah yeah there's no way they you do, it. do that other than having a kind of some kind of an effect but uh basically meatball machine is a non-spoiler plot is there are is this are they aliens or is it like a parasite or is it both i mean i, I guess thought it's aliens. it was aliens yeah based on the ending of it yeah but they're aliens that almost act like a parasite where they take over human hosts and mm-hmm. control them through and they kind of develop almost like machine weapons like their body just turns into a weapon like part machine part flesh and they're called the necroborg and that is pretty much the plot of the movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah these aliens just wreak havoc on this community of people yeah and you eventually find out why but the whole time I was watching, and I I wasn't really sure until maybe like the very end, is I didn't know if this was normal in this universe. <laughs> like, if you're just walking to work and you're like, oh shit, there's a Necroborg fighting again, you know? <laughs> or if they, because they didn't seem that well hidden. No. Like, they were just wandering the streets. Yeah, they were literally fighting. just out in, um, out in the middle of nowhere, just fighting like in an alleyway. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be like in an alleyway or like in like a field or Mm -hmm. whatever. So I wasn't sure this entire time if this was like normal. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. I'm going to assume not because the, the, what's his name? The main character, Yoji, and then the the girl also had no idea what the fuck the the thing was when they were Mm -hmm. by it. Yeah, um, I mean, this also, it's important to note that I feel like this has gotten a lot of influence from Tetsuo the Iron Man, uh, which is very similar of a man turning into basically a robot weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, you know, I got a lot of Thing vibes from this as well. Uh, when, Whenever, like, someone's getting assimilated, you know, those, like, weird, like, robotic tentacles... Oh, when the thing is, like, transforming? Yeah. Yeah, when it's, like, assimilating all the dogs, and there's just all these, like, tentacles flying everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I didn't think about that, but that's totally... Yeah, that's totally where that's probably from. So, yeah, it took a lot of, I think, inspiration from there. But I absolutely love this genre of Japanese movies, because I love um, gore. Mm-hmm. um i like i just like shit that's cool <laughs> and uh it, it was funny carolina actually watched this one with me and to my surprise she actually liked it even though she was closing her eyes half the time but <laughs> she was constantly like why is this happening like why 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 do they look like that i'm like because it's fucking cool <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's all the logic you need that's all and you need. i love that 
in these movies. And that's essentially like Tokyo Gore Police, too. It's like there's a woman that her limbs are just katanas and she walks like on all fours, almost like an animal. Whoa. And it's just fucking sick. And they never explain it. And then she eventually <laughs> she gets the katanas replaced with like M16s. Oh, I think I've and seen a clip of that. Yeah, that's like used on like a lot of like the promotional stuff. <laughs> but it's awesome. That does sound awesome. I'm not gonna lie. But I mean, I, I think uh, Meatball Machine, is, and I think this kind of subgenre in general, is a really good example of what you can still do on a low budget. Because mm-hmm. this movie is very low budget. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, I could tell from like the first frame of it that it was like, it. I mean, it's shot on video for one, which doesn't yeah. always does not look great. But I feel like they did the best of what they had. It's like mm-hmm. he, when it kind of dealt those cards, like you kind of have to be really creative with it. And I felt like all of the the filmmaking aspects of it, like how they framed their shots and did yeah. all that was still really cinematic, even though it's on like a really right. uncinematic um, format like video, which no, mm-hmm. no one can ever make look good, you know. And I think the editing is also like really good, too. They use like that. They use kind of like this, I don't know if I'd call it a trick, but I think this is kind of like in the movie style where like right as something really like intense is happening, it'll just like stop and just slowly fade to black and there'll just be silence. Oh yeah, I noticed that. And then it'll pick back up and it'll be super calm or just even more batshit insane (laughs) than the thing you were seeing. Yeah. Which I think is smart because I think it's very effective to show like a short transition of time without having to put effort into like spending more money on the effects and all that to get it. It's just like, okay, let's just jump. They're like this now, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think it works and I think it's effective. Like every time they did it, I never got like tired of it. Oh yeah. I, 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 I like that technique. Yeah. They do that a bunch. I remember it at the end. It is used really well. Um, yeah. And it's used almost to like hype up the action and it's also used to like simmer it down. Mm-hmm which is which is really unique but like they they understand like when to use it yeah yeah absolutely so even though this movie i'd say there's not much plot to it um i mean these movies you watch just for the gore and all the insane shit you're seeing mm-hmm. like your eyeballs like cannot believe it's like taking in um <laughs> yeah i mean it's just you're there's there's actual competent movie making behind it yeah, you could tell that the people that were making this were like super passionate about it, mm-hmm. and that's um. I love watching like low budget horror movies that you can tell everyone involved is just having a blast with it, mm-hmm. and everyone is just like you know bringing a hundred percent. And I feel like this is one of those examples. Yeah, because even all of the performances, I feel like, are really good. Yeah. Like there are a few people in this that I thought were like <clears throat> like super good as what as their roles in this. Yeah, especially like their reactions to some of the stuff. Oh yeah. And it does have like and it's it's cool cuz I mean it does have like a cheesiness to it like the whole like it's very Power Rangersy. Mhm. Um but I feel like there's enough like almost like fucked up stuff to like ground it a bit. 
Yeah. But when the characters are just seeing something, they're just like frozen in shock. <laughs> Which I think helps the viewer kind of like uh connect with that character a bit. Yeah. Rather than just like joining in on the fucked up stuff. Yeah, that that helped out a lot cuz yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this that is like it, it's like over the top um gore and it's like oh, it's rough. Some of the stuff is makes you queasy. I was like <laughs> I felt a little sick at certain points during this. <laughs> you know, it's it's really funny because this is like a comfort movie for me. Yeah. Which sounds really fucked up, but like whenever I just need to like I just need to like turn my brain off, I just need to like watch something I'm going to have fun, I always turn on like stuff like this. Mhm. Uh like like Machine Girl, I love. Uh that same director did one called Dead Sushi which is about sushi like zombie oh. sushi basically yeah i think i think i had that one recommended to me after watching this yeah that movie's awesome but it's like stupid like gory japanese movies i just love because <laughs> i just love seeing a dumb premise just taken to the extreme yeah with a hundred percent seriousness but these these are like my comfort movies if that makes sense i i, I can see how it would be kind of comforting in a way for yeah especially if you like gore um these movies are just a, a reason to see good effects <laughs> yeah and they are good effects and like there's not much like one thing i hate about low budget horror movies is all the cgi blood splatter and stuff like that yeah as far as i could or, tell this had none of it so it's no. like yeah you can tell it was all like real um mm-hmm. stuff but um or another thing i hate is the cutaway when oh, they cut yeah. away from it like the knife's yeah. about to go in and then they cut to something else and it's like okay <laughs> and all you all you see is just like the body afterwards mm-hmm. that shit is really just like they just spray some ketchup on them and you're like oh <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah i i mean i do appreciate where um where they kind of focus the budget on especially a movie like this yeah yeah, because that would have made it more unwatchable for me. Was if it was like there's a lot of different CGI, and like oh yeah, because I mean it's already on video, so it's like you're gonna have less of a chance, way less of a chance of making a CGI effect look good when it's shot on video than <laughs> like other formats like film or mm-hmm. you know like really good HD. So it's like yeah. they they needed to um, do mostly practical, and they they definitely did that really well Mm -hmm. and i don't know about you but i thought this movie was also like really funny like with some of the situations oh yeah just the absurdity of a lot of it yeah there was a lot of times where i was just laughing because it was so like ridiculous what was happening yeah (laughs) even though it's like horrifying so i felt like really bad but (laughs) i I think that's the point because i don't think you're really supposed to watch this and go like, oh my gosh, that's the most offensive thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you know? Like, that man's skull got split into two. We need to ban this film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, um. I mean, personally, I, I mean, okay, I was a little biased. I knew that I was going to love this going into it. Uh-huh. Um, and these movies, um, I kind of view on a different level than I would other movies. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I guess kind of like you go to see like a superhero Marvel movie. Like Morbius. 
yeah you're gonna put morbius you're not gonna put that on the same level as like there will be blood or something like that you know i actually know i think morbius is on the level of there will be blood oh you think yeah yeah that is true that, i heard um martin scorsese said it was like um that that's cinema <laughs> he's like cinema has been dead for a while but morbius is it you know i saw somebody on twitter that was reposting that, like a, yeah. a meme of that quote and that some actors it. like yeah. actually retweeted it thinking it was real yeah i saw that too <laughs> It was like, oh it's wow, so funny, it's embarrassing. I I just want to imagine Martin Scorsese sitting in an empty IMAX theater alone, seeing Morbius. <laughs> yeah, with no one else in there. He's like, release the the Doctor Morbius cut. <laughs> it's it's just so weird. But yeah, I think we wanted to kind of segue right here into an announcement that we're about to make. Where um well this is this podcast is actually going to turn into a Morbius podcast from now on. Yeah, so every uh, episode we will be talking about different things about Morbius, um uh, talking about all the exclusive news we get on Morbius two, <laughs> which we know is gonna happen due to the success of Morbius. Um we're gonna get Jared Leto on. Yeah, we got him lined and- up for next week already. He 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 is so certain that Morbius two is happening that he's not breaking character. He's going to be Doctor Morbius until they finish filming. Two. He actually crippled himself in real life for, for this role. I want to I want to see Jared Leto take like method acting so far that he cripples himself and then genuinely believes that there is like a vampire like a vampire curse out there. Oh my god, that, would that be he amazing. could obtain. And the producers are just like, no, no, Leto, like we no, it's not real. <laughs> you know, I want to like the making of this movie sounds more interesting than the actual movie because like. I want like there to be like a film crew on set watching like Jared Leto like <laughs> pretending to walk around on crutches and like pretending to be like crippled. Yeah, like that would be so interesting and seeing I'm like filming other people's reaction to him doing that. Like, that and they be... actually just make a movie off of that. Yeah, and it's like review actually reviewed well and is like well liked more than Morbius. <laughs> it's making of Morbius. <laughs> I'm like that would actually be awesome that would because you hear he does this on every film set suicide squad oh like yeah i'm sure he did it like on blade runner it's not needed too no it's just unnecessary you just you just come off like an asshole yeah especially for like morbius you know <laughs> like if daniel day lewis did it i was like okay you know sure yeah you know Keith Ledger, all he did was, I think he just, like, locked himself in a motel and read comics for, like, a week. Yeah, that's literally all he did. Yeah, people like to say for him that he was, like, always in character on set. But it, that wasn't true at all. Like, after he was done with this scene, he would be like, did you like that, guys? And yeah. they're like, uh, yeah, no, keep doing what you're doing. Don't listen to us. <laughs> you're telling me he didn't go, so, what do you guys think that was... Uh, <laughs> funny was that funny enough for you he's at craft services like eating with everyone yeah. else and they're like dude calm down please we're just trying to he's have lunch he's using his knife to like cut like some cheese in there he's like, yeah. <laughs> he puts it in one of the poor like boob guy's mouth he's like I want to see a smile out there 
you know, metal silverware, it's it just when you're when you're cutting your lunch up, it just goes too quickly. I prefer plastic. You can really savor the <laughs> the meal. I like I like when the plastic fork breaks. And there's a little plastic prong in there and you don't know where it is in your potato salad. It's a bite. <laughs> Oh my okay. god! We need to get yeah. back to meatball we're machine. Going, we're going too far in this uh, direction. Yeah, but just expect in the future more Morbius-related episodes. <laughs> um, all your Morbius exclusives right here. Uh, now I believe we should get into the spoiler part of Meatball Machine. So if you care to watch Meatball Machine, do it now. You can watch it free on Tubi. Um, and yeah. So, our this movie, which I love, I love when horror movies like this do this, is they just get right into it. And we start with two big, clunky, robot, meat, flesh po- people fighting each other. And it's awesome. <laughs> uh, and one of them does get his head split in half with an arm sword. Yeah, which is actually, it's a really good effect. Like, yeah, and I like the way, like, they like cut, like, they like for like, because the title sequence is going, and they'll like pause it, like, mid blood splatter. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was great. And you see, like, the, um, it's just like a chainsaw, right? That goes through his head. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a drill thing. Yeah. And you see it, like, actually go through the entire head. Like, it does not cut away. And I was like, no, wow, yeah. that looks, that looks really it's, like, good. Like, down to the neck. Yeah. It, I, I mm-hmm. wonder how some they did some of the gore stuff in this because it was really impressive. Yeah, um, especially for their budget too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, after the this Necroborg who won uh, is is reveling in his victory, we're introduced to a man in like a trench coat who has a big spear gun blade thing. Which which is able to kill the necroborgs? Yeah, it seems like it. I, I don't know if it, it just like stabs into them and electrocutes them to death. Yeah, it like fries them. Yeah, and he takes the like all these necroborgs have this like metal ball. Um, it almost looks kind of like a metal eyeball, you know, like 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 the full eye with like the little cord, yeah, you know, the red thing hanging yeah. off. Um, and he gives it to his, what you find out later is his daughter. And it's like this girl who has like an eye patch and like an arm bandage and like just bandages all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't really know uh, what their deal is yet, but we'll get into them later. Yeah. And this is when we're introduced to Yoji, uh, who is our protagonist who works in a factory and he is very sad and lonely. Uh, he's always working alone and he eats lunch alone and when he eats lunch he likes to stare at this woman who i guess works at the factory too it's kind of unclear um but she's always doing laundry outside i guess maybe she's like the cleaning service or something and uh he he just has a crush on her um and he even (laughs) when they cut to him just jerking off to her (laughs) Well, not like to her, but like he's at his apartment. Yeah, just like it's masturbating. Like, it's like intercutting with um, him masturbating, and then like 
like a, a video of her like or like a, a shot of her like looking at him so it's like yeah. it's implied that he's masturbating to her yeah the dude's down bad <laughs> yeah enough to wear like just seeing her hang clothes is enough for him to <laughs> go home and just really crank it out <laughs> but yeah and he's very horny too he's i think he's very repressed yeah that's what it seems like uh, and which we are revealed later, he he is a virgin and he is kind of embarrassed by it. Uh, and that that's kind of a common thing he's battling with, I guess, mm-hmm. internally. Um, yeah. So then we go to a young boy, young baseball boy, who hears a strange noise behind a big uh, under a bridge, and he checks it out. And that's when those thing tentacles grab him. Yeah. And he becomes assimilated. And the boy walks into the street. And he's all like necroborged up. He's got like wires around him and stuff. Um, And you know they're like a necroborg. Well other than all the wires around them. But they have like these eyeball things. They're almost like metal plates that go over the eyes. Yeah they like screw into the eyes. It's It's brutal. Um, yes, and then he gets hit by a driver who wasn't paying attention, and I thought this part was pretty funny, because the kid just kind of blows up. Yeah, it's like a cartoon, because, like, all that's left on the ground are his feet. (laughs) Yeah, it's like his feet with his bones sticking out, just a pool of blood. Yeah. (laughs) And the guy's just like, oh, no, I, I killed someone, but then the, it's like this robot spider thing is, I guess, like, this parasitic alien. Yeah. Jumps on him and takes him over. Yeah, then where he's wandering around and causing havoc, and he gets into a fight with our trench coat man, who at this point we learn is like hunting these like necroborgs. Uh but he's not able he stabs him, but he's not able to finish the job, and the necroborg gets away, but he's wounded. I guess enough so to where like the I assume the host body's probably dying. Yeah. So the spider thing detaches itself and scuttles away. And it had like a bunch of steam coming out of it, so I guess it's injured. Oh yeah. I yeah, I I, uh, I assumed it was like that it's like that one it like the it's like overexerting itself. Yeah. Like when like when a car overheats or something like that. Right, like, that's that kind of what I, what I understood from it. This movie is very, like, industrial. Yeah. Like, all, like, the B-roll footage is just, like, like power plants and, like, metalworking places. And, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so our, our good guy Yoji decides to go to a dirty movie. And there's a very funny scene where, like, this uh, woman comes in and sits next to him. And we quickly learn that it's not a woman. It's actually a man cross-dressing and sits right next to him and then yoji just kind of like awkwardly gets up and moves the seat over and this guy follows him (laughs) and this guy kind of you know tries to lay the move on him and yoji's like no get away and then he leaves and the man follows him and basically he kind of tries to just sexually assault poor yoji here yeah and yoji for once defends himself and like slaps him and the guy basically just goes like, you don't know who you're fucking with, and then just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> and and throws him in the trash. This is the scene that I was wondering, why is this in the movie? 
Because it like does not come back into play later at all. Yeah, I was expecting that character to show up later. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, to show, because Yoji stood up for himself and he still got the shit beaten out of him. So I think it kind of gets to the point of why try anymore. Okay. And But as he's in the garbage, our uh, parasitic alien tries to jump on him, but I guess it's too weak, so it kind of misses and it dies. And Yoji is also, like, he's... I, I want to say, like, he's smart, because his apartment is covered with, like, tools and, like, robotics. So, he's fascinated by this spider thing and takes it home, and he's trying to, like, crack into it. And he even, he even takes it to work and tries to use, like, an industrial, like, drill on it. And the drill just breaks. So, and I think Yoji realizes, like, he's got something... Because he keeps hiding it too, uh, as he hides it in his closet, his his I guess his friend decides to take him out, where he learns that Yoji is a virgin, and he's like, "Don't worry, I'll get you laid." So they go to like a brothel or like a soapland. Uh, do you know about soaplands? Do you know what soaplands are? No, they're basically so like in Japan, like prostitution's illegal, but. If basically, if you front the business as something else, it's fine. So, like, oh. soap lands are basically like brothels there where they give you like a bath. It's like a spa, but you get to fuck. Nice. So, yeah, Yoji goes to one of those. Well, it gets taken to. It's not by his choice. And he's all awkward around the girl. And he reveals that he's like a virgin she's like oh it's okay don't worry about it and then he's like no i'm leaving and he and he leaves um and on his way home he sees his co-workers who are jerks like the beginning of the movie they're constantly saying like derogatory things towards like women and stuff and they're talking about how they're gonna screw like that girl that he likes uh whose name is sachiko and he sees Sachiko with that those jerks. And he sees uh like the main I, I don't know if the guy's like his boss, but he's in like a suit while the other guys are in like workers' uniforms. And he yeah. like starts forcing himself onto Sachiko and Yoji's, you know, not gonna take it. And he stands up to the guy, and again he gets the shit beaten out of him. <laughs> uh but the guy's like, screw this, you know, I'm I'm leaving. So Sachiko kind of sees like, oh, he, you know, he's, he stood up for me. What a nice guy. And she takes him back home and uh, basically like puts band-aids over his wounds and stuff. And then uh, she, she reveals in a hashtag a wholesome moment where she reveals that she only went to that party because she wanted to. She was hoping Yoji was there because she sees him creepily staring at her, <laughs> which I guess she thinks is nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they kiss. Yay. Woohoo. But uh, then Yoji is awkward and he tries to do more. And she's like, no, I have these scars on me. Uh, <laughs> you won't like it. And he's Yoji's like, no, it's okay. You know, he's he's super horny right now. So he's like, no, it's okay. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And then he like removes her shirt. And she has like this big like. I, it just it looks almost like a vagina. It's like a huge gaping scar. Yeah, it's 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 huge. It's all like red too, and it looks like it's scabbed over. 
Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, and she reveals that she got the scars from her abusive father, and her father inflicted them on her, so no other man can have her. Uh, and Yoji is kind of like... I don't think Yoji was necessarily, like, grossed out by it, but I I just think he's awkward and doesn't know how to respond. Yeah. And she took that as, like, he's rejecting her, because she's <laughs> gross. But Yoji is just a really awkward kid mm-hmm. who doesn't know how to talk to women. Um, but as she's explaining this, the the thing in his closet, that robot spider, starts waking up. Because I guess it's attracted to like negative emotions and pain and despair, and it and it jumps out of the closet and and latches onto her, and we get a real Evil Dead scene, but but instead of a tree, it's a it's robot tentacles. So in uh, in classy Japanese fashion, we get a robot impregnation scene, <laughs> oh, where God. I guess. So, I was trying to interpret what's going on, because Yoji is just just dumbstruck. Like, he's just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I assume the thing impregnate her, which created that seed thing that we've been seeing earlier, that the Necroborg are, like, fighting over. Oh, with and, the, little, the little alien freak inside? Yeah. Okay. So... I believe it made that, which it needs to take over, like, the host. And they kind of, like, go on wherever, but it seems like it's, like, their shoulder or something it kind of, like, attaches to. Mm-hmm. And we see, like, the alien freak, and I thought this was pretty cool. And I think, like, these effects are, like, really impressive. Like, they had to, I don't know if it was, like, stop motion or what they did for these, like, little alien oh. guys when they're in, like, that pod. Yeah. But it looks really good. It does, yeah. I, I want to say it was just puppetry because it yeah, didn't pro- look... Oh, yeah, probably was a puppet. It didn't look like stop motion to me. Yeah, just a real slimy puppet. Yeah. Real fleshy puppet. <laughs> really slimy yeah, and gross-looking, like, weird <laughs> puppet guy. Yeah, but it's, like, it was pretty cool. It's, like, cords are, like, going basically through her body, and, mm-hmm. like, it's almost, like, mixing, like, her veins and the cords, and he's, like, grabbing it. And, like, they're, like, connecting to him. So you get the idea that he's, like, basically the puppet master. Yeah. And uh, this next part is funny. Caroline actually screamed at where (laughs) you see that there's, like, these arms that come out of her, like, drills, and they're going straight into her eye. Oh. And they do actually show it drill into her eye. (laughs) I was, yeah, I was worried they would get away from it, but they showed it. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was brutal. It's, oh. And she's like it's screaming pretty... for help this whole time while it's happening. Yeah, and Yoji just like can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, he tried to it... pull it off of her, but it's just not coming yeah, off. Yeah, it keeps fighting him. <laughs> and then, but once those eye things go on, she's full on Necroborg. Oof, yeah. Uh, and then Yoji, I guess, tries to fight her again, and she jumps out the window with him and runs away, and he gets knocked out, and that's when Trenchcoat Man's there. And Trenchcoat Man uh, takes him home. He wakes up in their weird apartment that has just, like, news clipping articles and, like, maps all over, like, the typical kind of craze. This is where I think the cliche kind of part comes in. Yeah. (laughs) Where you have the guy hunting them. Um, But it's revealed that that girl is his daughter. 
and that she is part Necroborg, but somehow it didn't fully mutate her. But the Necroborg need to feed on other Necroborgs to stay alive. Right. So they need that seed thing. So he goes around killing the Necroborgs, part of revenge, part of keeping his daughter alive. And he even says, he's like, I'll I'll kill anyone to keep her alive, you know? Yeah. Like, he's like, I'll cause, like, an apocalypse just to make it happen. That's when they we reveal that our good guys maybe aren't so much good guys, and he's actually been breeding these Necroborgs in order to keep his daughter alive, and their plan was to turn him into a Necroborg so as basically his daughter can eat him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the Necroborg in their back room does take control of him, but Yoji's smart, I guess. I, I think maybe because he saw what happened to her, uh, to Sachiko. Yeah. So he knows, I guess, what's going on, and he's able to kill the little alien thing, like, as it's trying to control him. Mm-hmm. Like, he basically fights back, and he only gets one of the eyeball things in. Which I guess means he still has the powers, but he doesn't have the control of like the parasite. Mm-hmm. That's what I assume too. Yeah, so he's kind of like a rare, like I assume it's never happened before thing. And but he still has like impulses of like the Borg, because like then he, whenever like someone's about to do something like violent, like little drills go on inside them. Yeah. And he and he punches straight through the man's head. <laughs> yeah. And it's pretty awesome. And even he's like shocked. Mm-hmm. So he's like, what the fuck? And the girl doesn't <laughs> seem that bothered by it either. Yeah, she's just like you could tell she's not all there, but she's just like kind of watching with like no emotion on her face. <laughs> so pretty much he just goes out and and is looking for Sachiko at this point, because I think he realizes like he has the power to like fight her. And they fight. And that's that's I think like the probably the longest part of the movie and like the, the, the climax. Yeah, it goes on forever. And I mean it's pretty much just them conjuring up different weapons. It's very similar to like Power Rangers Eve kind of fights. Yeah. I mean, I know I know you're not that much of a fan of it, but I'm I'm into it. I think it fucking rules. <laughs> I think it would have been good if it was shorter. I, I just okay. feel like it went on for too long, and it wasn't entertaining enough to be on for that long, in my opinion. Okay. I, I feel like... I'll give you that. Yeah, I feel like other people might come away with a different impression of it, but that's just how I felt. Yeah. Um. But basically, uh, Sachiko realizes that she doesn't want to be like that. He kind of he kind of gets to the Sachiko in her, not the monster alien thing. Mm-hmm. And... I, I like this part where she has like a gun arm and she's like slowly raising it to her head and the alien parasite in her is like can't control it like she's controlling him now and he's like raising his like needle arm thing to his head <laughs> like trying she's, yeah, she's trying to kill herself uh, Yoji does not want that to happen because mm-hmm. uh, he loves her and through his emotions creates a giant cannon chest and he's aiming for the parasite on her shoulder but when he fires he just blows her the fuck up <laughs> yeah she's and she's literally just in pieces on the ground afterwards <laughs> yeah there's even like her severed head there <laughs> so he's he's all bummed about it you know mm-hmm. he's like oh great i i killed her now i'm this monster 
And this is the part that I didn't really know why was happening, but Eyepatch Girl, like, takes off her parasite and gives to him. Yeah, I was really confused about that. I was going to ask you what, you what you took away from that. I I think I'll get into it in a second when we reveal, I think, the motives of the aliens, because I think it ties in with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Yoji takes it, but then again, fights the alien thing, and he basically says, you know, if these parasites are feeding off like our memories i want to keep sachiko's memory alive and i want to keep it eternal so he just self-destructs basically (laughs) and i really like this part because his head just pops oh god yeah it just like is an explosion of just blood and guts his head (laughs) just pops off and it's kind of the end of the movie kind of uh and then we go to these aliens on an alien spaceship which are these the same aliens as little parasites that have been controlling them. And they reveal that, I guess this has all been a game. <laughs> and that they uh, are enjoying it. And they learn from this event that the more emotional weight the fight has, the more interesting and exciting it is. So I don't know if they collected their bodies or they created their own version of Yoji and Sachiko. Mm-hmm. But they said they got rid of all the things they don't need in order to create a more intense fight. And there are sequels to this movie, so maybe that's what those are. Oh, there are multiple sequels? I I think there's like two others. Oh, wow. So, I'll I'll watch them and let you know. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if, yeah, I would watch them if they're good. Because I didn't mind Um, this movie. But I think the reason why she gave him the thing was that he was going to die and she wanted to keep the game going. Yeah. Maybe she was more parasite than human, Mm -hmm. you know, like she was the spectator. That's, that's what I would assume. Cause she, yeah, she has like no emotions on her, on her face. Really. It's like, it seems like, yeah, the human part of her is gone. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I got from it. And so that's what I thought. Maybe she was just keeping it going. Yeah. But it's weird because then Yoji is also just like, just do it. Like he knows what she's going to do. Like, yeah, I, I was confused by that as well. Like, what is happening? I don't know. Yeah, I was confused why he wanted it unless. Well, no, I think his thought was if he takes the parasite because the parasites um, take the memories of the host. So then the memory of sachiko will always be there forever oh which is why he wanted it but then he realized fuck that i don't want these aliens to win and just popped his own head yeah self-destructs himself (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh brutal and that was um meatball machine pretty much (laughs) the one thing is uh Oh, also, we're revealed right at the end. The name of the game is Meatball Machine. Right. So, yeah, I was waiting for that to come in. Because the whole time I'm like, why the fuck is this called Meatball Machine? (laughs) I was wondering that too for a while. Other than like humans are meat and they're machines. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, these... These movies, I think, on the surface are very, uh, I mean, they're much more made for entertainment value. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think there's great artistry in them. Yeah, no, Uh, there was a lot of um, 
I thought it was really well executed for what they were what they were trying to do, like filmmaking wise. It yeah. was it and, was impressive. And these, these movies are typically made by like horror or tours, so there is, I think, some like thematic elements there, especially with stuff like Tetsuo. Mm-hmm. Um, and a common one in like all of these movies is like industry and like humans. Um, almost like the idea of moving on to like the next age. Like we're so reliant on technology, we're so reliant on machines that eventually they form into us, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like we become codependent. And right. I got a little bit of that from this, just with all like the industry we're seeing, like all the factories. Yeah, I I got that as well. I felt like the aliens and the what was happening to our characters in this movie and a lot of the people was like it was like kind of like an allegory. I don't know because yeah. like Yoji, like he works at like a factory. It seems like like some kind mm-hmm. of warehouse where he's like building something. Um, and I feel like the the aliens are kind of like uh like a and like a metaphor for like the upper class and like how like they kind of like take advantage of people of the lower class like they say at one point that the robots are like attracted to people with negative emotions oh true stuff like that so it's like i feel like people with like maybe are more depressed or like maybe would have a job like that and like Mm-hmm. you know so i feel like it was a lot of like it was i feel like they, what they were trying to do was like kind of like a metaphor for like exploitation of like like really like like the blue collar type worker like your average joe and like how can how that can be like self-destructive to them and like how the machine mm-hmm. was like becoming part of their body and like they went through like hell and they eventually die obviously like I feel like it was a lot of that and the, for the alien it's all just a game to them which i feel like is that's true kind of like um how like some of the upper class of rich people probably feel about like um the lower class people it, it, i feel like it had a similar message to like squid game almost that's, yeah. a, that's at least for what i got from it yeah i didn't i didn't get that at all so that's interesting that like you picked up on that <laughs> i could i just i that's that's what i got from it i could be completely wrong and talking out of my ass so but <laughs> <laughs> i think that's most of the things we say on this podcast so. yeah <laughs> um, but I, I i i took something out of it i think a bit more um personally um yeah. and i mean i don't know like the, the director's story but i think it's also a story of what happens when maybe you can't be with the person you love um for maybe external reasons or whatever that is and the destruction that can lead to sure because yoji is constantly almost like yearning for her yeah and then when he finally gets her he can't have her due to her past trauma you know and it's not it's not something that's necessarily his fault it's not something that's necessarily her fault and that uh just leads to like say a relationship would form it Mm -hmm. could lead to something destructive or if it did not form it could also lead to something destructive okay which is our climax of the film that's kind of what i took away from it yeah no that makes that makes perfect sense i think it's kind of like like in the mood for love um if they just turned into giant fucking disgusting (laughs) aliens and blew each other up (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I know I reference this a lot, but I, I found that like, yeah, that that I, that love thing was very similar to the remake of The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, where it was like, but like this, it's like, what if the fly? What if Jeff Goldblum turned into the fly in the first half hour of the movie, and then it was all about <laughs> Jeff Goldblum having epic monster fights with people? That, that'd be awesome. <laughs> he fights the bee. <laughs> or the, the cockroach. Yeah, Gina Davis turns into the bee. No, she's she's putting other people with other bugs in order to fight Jeff Goldblum to get him back to being human. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but yeah, that, it, it reminded me a lot of the Fly because I was like, because the, the yeah. Fly at, at its core is a tragic love story, and this is as well, where it's like about yeah. people like turning into like something like freakish and horrifying, something horrible, and body horror and. Yeah, I, I especially get reminded of the fly when yeah she like raises that her like gun attachment on her arm to her head and says like kill me, yeah. and that mm-hmm. reminded yeah, me of that. That's straight out of fly. Yeah, it reminded me of that last part of the fly when he puts a shotgun to his head at the very end. Mm-hmm. It's like very sad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think this um, takes a lot from a lot of body horror films in the past. Yeah, yeah. a lot of Cronenberg um i think visually the thing yeah the thing is very accurate i, I didn't really think about that until you mentioned it but that is totally probably where that's inspired that was like from. the first thing that clicked i was like oh my god this is the thing <laughs> yeah just the just and it's just the way the chords move too because it's so violent and erratic and there's like so many of them mm-hmm. yeah it's really cool yeah it was really cool yeah so i mean i you know me i love these kind of movies i absolutely adore this movie um, I don't think I like it as much as some of the other stuff in the genre, like like Tokyo Gore Police and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I think this is very good. Um, I think if you like this, definitely watch Tetsuo. Or watch Tetsuo first and watch this, but Tetsuo the Iron Man is, uh, I think, a, a bit more hashed out version of this. Mm-hmm. A lot more thematically solid. Um but I mean, this is still great, and I love it, and I recommend it. What What did you think of it? Because I know this, I think, genre is kind of new to you. Yeah, I guess this is probably my first foray into the, like you said, like the gr- Japanese grindhouse type movies. Yeah. Um, And I thought it was okay. It was like, there were some things I felt like could have been changed a little bit to make it a little better. Like, I felt like we needed more time with... um. Yoji and Sachiko before they started turning into the um the like half man half yeah. robot type things to actually develop a relationship. Yeah, cuz I felt like that would have made that probably would have made the tragedy of it all hit a little harder. Yeah. Or like I was thinking you could even do a thing where like maybe she's still there for a while like after she transforms like you could still have that her getting like transformed by it but then they can still talk like normal and like maybe he can kind of slowly transform yeah and then like maybe as the movie progresses like that thing inside her gets more and more control and then maybe the eyes start that those eye plate things start to come in into play later and that's when she like completely like loses it and she becomes like a mindless like automaton that's being controlled by this little guy like mm-hmm. I feel like something like that could work because I was thinking I like I, because I, I, the the fly the comparison was in my head the whole time and I was thinking like yeah because that movie spends like the whole first half of the movie basically 
building up the uh, relationship between uh, Gina Davis's character and um, Jeff Goldblum's character. And you, you get to really like them. And there's a lot of stuff before all the weird fly stuff happening. It starts happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to really like them. And then that's why when that, when like um, Jeff Goldblum starts turning into the fly, like it's really heartbreaking because you know that like how much like he means to Gina Davis's character and like how charming he was before and how like, you know, relatable he was before. Um, and I think this has a little bit of that. I just feel like it could have been, it could have been fleshed out more. And I think that would have made like the emotional parts hit that come into play later. Um, but I, I like the ideas in this movie. I think they could have just been remixed a little bit and it would have been like more impactful is all I'm trying to say. See, it's interesting you say that because I actually disagree with you there. Really? In this specific context, I think it's the perfect amount because I think Yoji is very repressed and I think it's almost better that he just got a little taste of it. Oh, of what okay. it's like to have a relationship and... I think it's almost more damaging, um, and we see this a lot today of, of like incel culture and stuff like that. But like almost like a theoretical relationship he has with this woman. Oh, you know, yeah. He got it for a second; it's taken away, and now he's so angry, and he wants that relationship, even though it's very destructive or won't even work. You know? Yeah. That that's so. interesting because I was thinking that it could be like a thing where like maybe the tragedy is that he lost that potential for that relationship, yeah. like that'll never be able to come to fruition. Like so that yeah, I could see it. I could see it working like that for sure. Yeah, I think um your method is um much more of a less batshit insane way of going about it. <laughs> but you have to remember the type of movie we're watching where you throw all logic out the window and you just ask, is is it fucking cool? That's true. We do. We need, we need necroborgs to punch each other and shoot each other. Yeah, that's what I want. I want necroborgs exploding. I want children getting a, just blown up. <laughs> I want meatballs. I want my machines. <laughs> That's stupid. Yeah, I'm thinking too much about it. I just, I can't think that. I just have to go with just the turn flow. Turn your brain on. Like it for what it is. Yeah. Just turn your brain off and appreciate it. I mean, <laughs> that that is a bad way. Don't turn your brain off because I think there is a lot to appreciate. But no, yeah, there's enough here. There's enough. Like, like I said, the the story between them, Sachiko and Yoji, is still emotional enough that you get what you need from it mostly. Um, yeah but i mean i know you're you're a plot man you know you you like your, yeah. your stories and your scripts and these are kind of they kind of take the back seat yeah that's what it seems like yeah so yeah and i mean these movies really are just for the effects and um just how hype everything is mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah so that's meatball machine uh we 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 cross that off of my backlog i've had this in my thing for years i've been wanting to see it so you can watch it on tubi uh it's a good time um and i'm sure uh when i'm picking movies down the line for episodes i'm gonna pick many just like this so be ready (laughs) i'm gonna warn you be ready don't no i i I liked watching this it was it was a fun watch and you know I'm, I'm, i'm down for more um Japanese grindhouse stuff if you are 
for sure. All right, I am. I'm telling you, in the future, when we're picking movies, almost all my movies are gonna be Japanese. <laughs> That's fine. I, I can tell you right. Like I was making a list of episodes I want to do, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like 80 percent of these are Japanese movies. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll be a good time. Yeah, no, for so. sure. All right, Meatball Machine, we recommend it. Uh, if you have any recommendations of what you want us to watch or you think we'd enjoy, um, put in the comments of our YouTube videos and maybe we'll check it out. So thank you for listening. Uh, it's Guts and Ghouls podcast, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.